At Gates, we are passionate about the Word of God. We hope the message you are about to listen to empowers you today. Today, my series for the next few weeks is going to be entitled, The Trinity of Man. God is a three-part being, and you and I are a three-part being. We're part of a three-part God, three-in-one, and we are a three-part being. We're three parts, and yet we're one. And God made these three parts to function together. In John chapter 3 and verse 6, it says this, That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Every, everyone sitting in here today was born one time of the flesh, but if you're born a second time, you're born of the Spirit. And we all know that, you know, when you get born a second time, that doesn't, let's say you, you live for, I lived for 18 years and then got born a second time. And when I got born a second time, all of my ways of thinking for 18 years without God did not go away. Correct? And we think we know this, but we have to know it. And I'm, I, I, God's telling me we need to know it so much that I'm going to spend several weeks on understanding that you are a triune being and you want those three parts to function together the way Father, Son, and Holy Ghost function together. Father, Word, and Holy Spirit, they got no issues with each other. There's no competition. There's no battle for position or anything else. They're three in one. The Father, He's the man. And I'm not saying that disrespectfully. I'm saying He's the man. He's the one. Holy Spirit is on the earth living in us. Holy Spirit's everywhere, but His purpose is in humanity on planet earth. That's his purpose. To do what? Reveal all truth. Where's Jesus? At the right hand of the Father. Seated. Coming from a finished work that he did. And who sits with him? You and I. If you're born again, you sit with him. Whether you know it or not, you sit with him. That's their roles right now. I mean, they can do whatever they want to, but that's what, from the Word of God, we find out that they do. And there's no issues there's no battling, you know, there's no, you know, there's no competition like there is in the world. And there, and there can't be, for us to be on the receiving end of God, there can't be competition between spirit, soul, and body with you and I. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 23 says this, Paul says to the church at Thessalonica here, he says, now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's a lot said there, and over the next few weeks we'll kind of touch on what that's meaning, but there's a day when you will appear, whether you believe what I'm saying or not, I'm convinced of it. I'm not going to get in a, in a fight and argument with people about it. it but, but there will be a day that you'll stand before Him. Whether you believe it or not, 
He set it up that way, and if you believe the Bible, which I do, and I don't get in battles and fights with people, you can believe whatever you want. I meet people all the time, and, 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 and somebody will say, well, you know, he's a pastor of a church, and so he's a Christian, and he believes Christian stuff, and, uh, and so they say, well, yeah, yeah, well, what about this? And so when I start talking, I, I realize they're not ready for my God. I'm talking about the God that I've developed an understanding of for the last 45 years. They're not ready for him because of what they're telling me about him. And, and they're trying to prove him wrong and trying to prove, trying to get me involved in their actions of trying to prove that he's really not right. No, I'm not going to do that with you. God bless you and, man, believe whatever you want to believe. Believe in a pine cone. I, don't, I mean, whatever. <clears throat> believe in a tadpole. I, I, whatever, you know. I believe the Bible and I'm still working on it. Did you hear what I said? I'm still working on it. What I'm working on is getting my spirit man in control of my soul and my body. Instead of my past thinking and my habits in my flesh controlling my spirit man. And my human spirit that is one with the Holy Spirit, it'll sit on the sidelines and do nothing if my unrenewed mind and my bad habits of the past are in control. It will not battle for position. It has to be something you choose to do. You and I want to see the commanded blessing on our lives in 2024. We have to understand these things. And this whole series will drive this point home. Can you say amen? So, Today, in just laying the foundation for the rest of this series, I just want to read you several scriptures about spirit, or a couple of scriptures about spirit, a couple of scriptures about soul, and a couple of scriptures about body. And then I want to, I'll end it with one verse of scripture in the Old Testament about a man with a different spirit. In John 4.24, I'm not looking at that, I'm just saying this is what it says. In John 4.24 it says, God is spirit. You don't have to say it after me, just say it. Everybody say it now. Say it again. God is spirit. He's not a spirit, He's spirit. I have a spirit, a human spirit, but he is the main source that, that connects to my spirit that causes my spirit to operate with his spirit. He's the source. Say it again. God is spirit. Genesis 1.26 says this. Then God said, after he made everything else, then he made us. God said, let us make man in our image. What image is that? Spirit. So you and I are a spirit being first. Isn't it interesting in 1 Thessalonians that we just read, may your whole spirit, soul, and body? I don't believe that was a mistake the way it was said. You are a spirit. 
you have a soul, you live in a body. Your body is not you. It's not the real you. So he said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. He repeated himself again. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. I was saved for about a year, about a year, a little over a year, when I, I don't know why, but I took a sociology class in college. And this sociology teacher's main purpose was to prove Christians wrong. This guy knew the Bible front and back and quote it backwards. Knew it a whole lot better than I, I was, but I was a fiery, hot Christian ready to get the world saved. <clears throat> and this guy started quoting scriptures that I'd never even heard before and uh, trying to say how God was schizo. Oh, man. And man, I mean... You know, it's amazing I didn't take that guy out that year. What he was saying about my God. That was a great witness, right? <clears throat> but he, he went on and on and on. And, and, and the one thing I got out of that class was, <laughs> been saved for a year or more. I will never be shut down like that again. I will have answers to these ridiculous statements about God. So when you read this in Genesis 1, and then you read in Genesis 2 that he created man you know, in a body like he made him here, and then he made him in the second chapter, and then he did something else in another chapter. You know, no, he created you and I in Genesis 1 like him. Did you hear me? He created, he created you and I like him. Then, to live on the planet, he put us into a body and breathed life and caused us to have a soul. And you'll see in Scripture in a moment that your soul and your spirit are not the same thing. The day you received Jesus Christ as Savior, your soul was not born again. Your soul is being born again every day. Remember that as I back that up with Scripture in what I'm, fixing, what I'm saying here and preaching today. Ezekiel 36, the prophet Ezekiel prophesied this about this day and this time. It says in verse 26 of 36, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, and you will keep my judgments and do them. For 4,000 years of the dispensation of the old covenant time, of the, of the time from Adam until Jesus, about a 4,000 year period of time. In that period of time, after an Adam and Eve fell in the garden, there was no life in, inside of men. They existed they operated, but spiritually, they were dead people. God was not living on the inside of humankind like He is in you and I. 
He, could, he would come upon them and things would happen when somebody would believe God like Abraham believed God. Things happened and things changed as a result of people believing God, but God was not in them internally. And Ezekiel's prophesying here that there's coming a day, and that day has come through Jesus Christ. And God's put a new spirit inside of us. Now we're not controlled by our flesh, or we don't have to be controlled by our flesh. We can be controlled by our spirit. That's what has to happen. For you and I to live in the commanded blessing of God, we have to be people of spirit. We were created in His image. We have to think like He does, and we have to operate like He does. And you'll never do that from your unrenewed mind. Hebrews 4.12 explains this, what what I'm saying to you. And it says this, For the Word of God is living, powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit. This is what the Word of God does. It separates between soul and spirit. And of joints and marrow, and is a discerner, the Word of God is, of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. How does the Word of God separate between the soul and the spirit? I'm glad you asked. So, in looking at the soul part, those are the the previous two scriptures I read about spirit. I want to look at the piece of the soul as we're talking about the separation between spirit and soul. Okay? This is how the Word of God separates between your soul and your spirit. 3 John uh, third, this is only one chapter, Third John uh, verse 2, and I'm reading this out of the Amplified Classic, and it says this, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in every way and that your body may keep well, even as I know your soul keeps well and prospers. For my body to keep well, for my body to be in check, my soul has to prosper, okay? So let's let the Word do the, the speaking about what soul prosperity is. Romans 12.2 says this, and again, now we're talking about the soul, but, but I'm speaking on, about the soul in regards to the separation of the spirit and the soul and why they're separated. They're separated because they're two different parts and the body's the third part. We're a three-part being. We're three, yet we're one. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are three, but they're one. And God wants you and I, as a three-part, yet one, to operate in this body, in this life, as one. In other words, the Spirit doing its part, the soul doing its part, and the body falling in line. Doing its part. What's the body's part? To do what's right. (laughs) If your spirit man is in control, your soul is being renewed, and that's this verse we're going to read right here, then your body falls in line, you still have the choice to do right or do wrong. But I'm convinced that the Word of God in the seed of the Word is the power to cause you to do what's right. I mean, you still have the choice. But when you see the right, when you see what's right, I believe it's very difficult to do wrong. 
So the pressure isn't on you and I to do what's right every day. Where we're, if there's a pressure on us or a responsibility, it's to allow the word to do the work to separate between soul and spirit so that the two can function the way they're supposed to function and then function together. But when soul is in charge of your life, all your past ways of thinking, they're in charge of your life. When that's in charge, your spirit sits on the sideline. It will not work. Your spirit man that's one with the Holy Spirit will not take over if you don't choose to renew the way you think. And to back that up, I give you Romans 12 too. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Can you, uh, can you put the amplified classic of that verse, of that Romans 12 too? Can you put that up? <clears throat> we'll wait for that. There we go. Man, look like four verses. <clears throat> verse 2 of Romans 12. Do not be conformed to this world, this age, fashioned after, and adapted to its external, superficial customs, but be transformed, changed, by the entire renewal of your mind. And you'll see in in a verse I'm going to read in a moment that your mind is connected to your soul. Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. The entire renewal of your mind by its new ideals and its new attitude, so that you may prove for yourself what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God, even the thing which is good and acceptable and perfect in His sight for you. God has your best interest more than you do. Well, I don't know, Pastor, if that could, if anybody, I, I have, all I think about is myself. Well, that, that's a problem. You, you, you want him to think about you, right? You want him to be in charge of how your life goes. That's the problem. That's where we need the separation. Can you say amen to that? So, uh, so uh, in light of that, and I'll, I'll quote some of what was up there, I want to read this again in the New King James. So he said, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed, changed by the renewing of your mind, by its new ideals, its new attitudes, so that your life can prove what the will of God is. Not, I get all the credit for everything that I've accomplished, that my life demonstrates how confident you can be in yourself because of your confidence in God. There's a huge difference. Because when you're just confident in you, you are definitely in pride. And pride comes before a fall. God just wants us to deliver. He didn't say don't be confident. You know, I mean, you might be one of, you might be one of those people. But you, when you're around somebody that knows what they have, what they've done, and what they've accomplished, you know it because you can hear it in their voice. And, and all I'm saying is we've all had that kind of attitude. We've all looked at things like that in the past. But, but all I'm saying is, is that if you're that way, you're in pride, 
And I'm just telling you, I'm just telling you what the Bible says. This isn't my deal because I've had to work out in 45 years a bunch of junk from my life that was full of pride. I'm just saying, you stay with the pride way of looking at things, you will not receive from God. And God wants you to receive from Him more than you want to receive from Him. But He's already set everything in motion, and He will not go against His Word. If He said, if He said, pride comes before a fall, then what does that mean? That means pride comes before a fall. And when you're in pride, then don't stand next to a cliff. I don't want to get too serious there. We need to laugh about something, right? <laughs> James one twenty one, that just drives this point home again about the soul. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness, what? The implanted word, there's the word again, which is able to save your soul. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 says that your soul is, should be being saved every day, multiple times a day. My prayer for you is that from this word, you get something today, first hearing it here, but then go back and listen to it again. And when you listen to it again, that you take what you're hearing, you take the scriptures, and you let the Holy Spirit reveal to you what He wants to get over to you. I've told you this many times. Yesterday morning, I was in a meeting in San Antonio, <clears throat> a guy preaching, a friend of mine preaching the Word, and, and, uh, and in, in the Word that was preached, he said something that was life-changing for me, and it really didn't have anything to do with his Word. But that's the power of this implanted Word. It does it all the time, and, and it takes us from being, <clears throat> you know, from being whiners and criers to being strong and healthy, not blaming everybody else and the rest of the world, but taking responsibility for our lives and doing what He wants done. It's amazing. The victory that is, is, is available in the kingdom of God when we do things God's way. Can you say amen to that? <clears throat> and the body, just a couple of scriptures on the body. I beseech you, therefore, now this is Romans 12.1. We read Romans 12.2. Now this is Romans 12.1. Um, <laughs> I didn't even tell you what scripture that was. You were supposed to figure it out. <clears throat> Romans 12.1. It says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you, who? Who? Me. Me. You. You and I. That I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that I present my body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is my reasonable service. Now, how the heck, what does all that mean? How the heck am I going to do that? What do you mean it's my reasonable service? It's what a Christian does. They come into the kingdom of God. They're taught the Word of God. The Word of God begins to change things on the inside of them. And then what they do is present their bodies as a living sacrifice to God. You know what? Lord, I, I, I choose to do this. But you'll never choose to do that if you're not allowing the Word to separate between soul and spirit. Because if the Word's not doing that, you're not giving value 
and credibility to the Word and its power to liberate your thinking, then your spirit man is going to sit on the sidelines and do nothing, and you're going to be the one in control of making things happen in your life. Because God will not mix His way of thinking with your old way of thinking. He said, have it renewed. So, how do you present your bodies to God as a living sacrifice? Through the power of God's Word, daily acknowledging, Lord, you know, what I did yesterday or something that happens, I acknowledge that that wasn't pleasing to you, and I ask you to forgive me for that. I thank you for the power to overcome in this situation. I thank you for the power to control my emotions and control these situations in my life right here. And you do that, and you stay with it until it's accomplished so you can go to the next thing, and you'll be accomplishing something for the rest of your life. Oh, my gosh, Pastor, we got to do this forever? Yeah. That's the kingdom. Because one day, one day, you will step from here to the other side and just keep going. If you do something with the word now. You don't do anything with the word now, you get over, cross over to the other side, and it'll be a shock. And they'll send you to kidney gardener. <clears throat> and you'll be a kindy gardener in heaven, having to learn what you wouldn't purpose to learn here because of the resistance. Right? Right. <clears throat> Romans 7 and 18. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, my body, Nothing good dwells. For to will is present with me. I want to do what's right, but how to perform what is good, I don't find it. Where is he talking about that attitude in this? Oh, I didn't mean to do that. Yeah, but you did it. And you'll keep doing it. And no matter how, you try, how hard you try to stop it, you'll keep doing it and things won't begin to change until the Word, the seed of the Word, begins to separate between your soul and your spirit. You start, this being your soul, you start renewing your mind, you start changing your attitude and ways of thinking, and all of a sudden, the Word of God that's separating that, it's building your spirit man that word is, that you're declaring and speaking, it's building your spirit, man. And now, you're able to hear. Now, remember, if you're, if you're born again today, then your human spirit and the Holy Spirit are one. So think about the Holy Spirit. He knows everything about everything. He knows it all. He knows everything about everything. The Holy Spirit does. And He lives inside of me. And for me to know that things are Him... I have to allow the Word to renew my mind, so I have to do some things that we talk about around here a lot about building a daily routine. That's the purpose, so I can get rid of old stuff so that my new stuff gets stronger and stronger, and now my spirit man is in control of my soul, and my body does what my spirit says, not what my mind says. You. Amen? <clears throat> so he said, no good dwells in, in, in the flesh or in the body. But thank God that your body is not you. 
So, you don't walk around every day saying, well, you know, nothing good's in me, nothing good. No, 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 no. You're not your body. Your body's like putting on this coat and pants today. It's like, you know, you put it on. Your body is what houses your spirit man. To live on planet Earth, you've got to have a body. And your body houses your spirit so, it, so that your body can be led. And so, it, it, if you're not your body, then what he said in Romans seven eighteen there is not where you focus. You admit to what's not right. You, you deal with it, but you deal with it with the revelation of God's Word coming out of your mouth and letting your body know we're not giving in to these things anymore. Everybody sitting in here has got a past of some kind or another, right? Has to do with the flesh in all kinds of lustful ways, selfish ways, whatever ways. Everybody has a past in the flesh. All I'm telling you today is you don't have to stay with that. You can become a new man soulishly every day of your life so that your new man begins to grow up. We don't want to cross over to the other side into heaven when it's our day to cross over and be an infant spiritually. We want to be strong. And the enemy, the devil out there, who's a defeated foe, what he's trying to do is to convince you that what you see, how you feel, all of your old past and all the things that people have said about you and everything that that you've meditated on for years, that's more real than what God is saying today. I'm telling you today, what God says is real, and it's real, and it'll deliver you and set you free, and he's no respecter of person. If he's delivered me, he'll deliver you. If he's delivered the next person, he'll deliver anybody that will do something with what we're talking about today. Can you say amen to that? Amen? You are a spirit. You have a soul. You listen, you live in, you, or you live in a, in, in, a, in a physical body. The spirit connects with God. Your spirit man connects with God. Your soul connects with your intellectual realm, right? And your body with the material and scene realm. So you're three, and yet you're one, but to become one, it takes the word to bring those together so they're in the right alignment. In, in, in heaven, it's Father, it's Word, and it's Holy Spirit. We see that time and time again in Scripture. At least, that's what it appears to be. He didn't say that's the order of heaven, but you see it in Scripture, just like the Thessalonian Scripture. Your whole spirit, soul, and body. Okay? So in heaven, it's Father, it's Word, and it's Holy Spirit. Right? With us, it's spirit, its soul, and its body, and that's the way it needs to be in line. But until you start renewing your mind and allowing the Word to change you, it's like this. Spirit, soul, body. And they're all in the same, they're all working together. And in a lot of cases, it's soul, body, and spirit. So we have to get it in line. That's what the Word brings to the brings to the table. Your spirit connects with God. Your soul connects with your intellectual realm. Your, 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 uh, your mind, your emotions, your intellect. That, that's the part that the soul connects with and your body with the scene realm. <clears throat> I want to say this last point and read this last verse. <clears throat> 
to me and what I've realized is that I'm convinced today after 45 years that renewing the mind empowers me to crucify my flesh. But see, I'm not my flesh, so I'm not crucifying me, I'm crucifying this suit I live in so that it doesn't have a mind of its own. My physical body, you're in my physical body, we're not created to have a mind of its own. It has a mind, has a spirit. Jesus is the head of the church. He's the head of the church, the body, okay? So Jesus thinks one way, but if the body's walking around with the head cut off and it's sitting over here on the side, then the body's just kind of doing whatever it wants to do. And that's you and I when we're not connected to his way of thinking. We can know it up here, but I'm talking about it being revealed in here. Can you say amen to that? The real you has been born, so you have to renew your mind to crucify the flesh and live in the plan of God. I'm going to say it like that again. The real you has been born, so you have to renew your mind to crucify your flesh and live in the plan that God has for you. That's something really good to meditate on. And this just kind of building a foundation for the rest of this series today. I want you to hear the order of how God set things up to operate in the earth, in your life. You do not have to be a slave to the world and the world's way of thinking. Did you hear me? You don't have to be. In Numbers 14 and verse 24, and I'll end with this. Numbers 14 and 24. And we know this story. This is the story about the 12 spies that God sent. When when you go, this, this is in chapter 14. If you go to chapter 13, you see where God told them, he didn't go tell them to spy out the land to see if they could take it. He told them to go and see the land that I've given you. Did you hear me? He didn't say go see if you can take it. God had already given them the land. And so, long story short, they go, they spy it out, they come back, And ten of them heard that they were going to see if they could take it or not. Two of them heard God say, I've given you this land, now go check it out. They come back to the people, to Moses and the people. (laughs) And ten of them say, man, there's no way. There's some big dudes over there. And uh, I don't think we can handle these guys. I mean, they're big dudes. I mean, I mean, who said, who, who told those ten that they were like grasshoppers in their sight? That means they're saying what the big dudes were saying about them. But little did they know that the big guys, the Amalekites and all the Kites, 
They were scared of them because of their God. Yeah. So the enemy lied to them. The enemy lied to them to get them to think that. And then Joshua and Caleb said, whoa, 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 whoa. What? what the heck? What do you guys, what do you, no, 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 the land is art. They've got grapes bigger than your head. They got all this stuff. It's land flowing with milk and honey. It's ours to take. Let's go get it. No, 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 we can't do it. So because of those ten responses and the people believing more of what they said instead of what Joshua and Caleb said, everybody from 20 years old and older didn't go into the promised land. But this is what he said, and this is what the rest of our series is going to be about this statement in Numbers 14.24. rest of this series is going to be about this statement. And he said, but my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit, he has a different spirit. In 2024, God wants his commanded blessing on your life more than you want it. But it's going to take you having a different spirit than most. See, you you can be in the church, you can live and operate in the church world and just have a worldly spirit because you're not allowing the word to separate between your soul and your spirit. I'm not judging churches. I mean, there's a lot of people preaching word, just like what we're talking about today, all over the world. Thank God for the church. Everybody say, thank God for the church. But I'm just saying, I'm just saying, if you won't do what it takes... You're not going to get the goods. Everybody 20 years old and older didn't go in to the promised land. And look what he said about that land. And this is for you and I. And the land we're talking about today is not a natural land. Today the land we're talking about is the land of your heart. It's taking possession of what God has given us. He said, but my servant Caleb... Because he has a different spirit in him and has followed me fully, I will bring him into the land where he went and his descendants shall inherit it. I'm just going to say it like this. When I got born again, I mean, I got born again about three times. <laughs> I've said that through the years, but, but when, I, when, I, when I got born again and realized you didn't have to do it again because of how bad you felt about yourself, in 1977, nobody in my family was saved. Nobody, people in my family knew God, and there was a little bit of history of people knowing God. But nobody in my family that I know of was saved, that I know of, correct? Is that right? Can you think of anybody? Not, not that I know of, was saved. And for 18 years of my life, that unsaved stuff had gotten on me. And I got born again, and those things didn't change. 
And I've spent the last 45 years getting rid of the last stuff. And I'll spend the rest of my life getting rid of the old life. Getting rid of it in my soul. I'm not laboring to be saved spiritually. My spirit man is growing all the time. Because I've learned to separate between the soul and the spirit with the word of God. And and because of that, my spirit man is building. I'm growing all the time. But I'm being saved soulishly all the time. And what I want you and I want myself to be known of as is that we are people of a different spirit. Not the same old spirit. Not just like everybody else. And to have that different spirit, it takes some choosing and some choices to get rid of things that are only hindering and hindering your descendants. Because what took me so long to get rid of, my children and their children's children, it won't take them as long. God doesn't want things to stay with you the way they've been. He wants 2024 to be a monumental year of the blessing, the commanded blessing of God being on you, being in you, you believing in it, and living and walking it out for the rest of your time on planet Earth. How many in here believing to live a long, fulfilled, prosperous life? Amen. When I mentioned about when you step over to the other side, that didn't mean it has to be tomorrow afternoon. And you don't have to be afraid of that. I'm just saying that day's coming. Don't don't act like it's not. But God wants you to be here for a long time to fulfill the purpose and plan. But you got to have these goods right here that I'm talking about today. You got to have what I'm talking about today for that to happen. Or you'll live a miserable life on earth. You can be born again, spirit filled. You can talk that. You can go to church and whatever else. But you're not doing anything the word with the word. James 1 says you're deceiving yourself and you're not receiving all that God has for your life. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, we invite you to share it with someone in your life. We would love for you to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. You can also download our app and stay connected to Gates and access to the Word of God anytime you need it. We are believing that the seed of today's word is going deep in your heart and that you always remember God is more than enough in every situation of your life.